0: Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay gets an extension. Roger Goodell speaks on the Deshaun Watson situation not looking good for Deshaun and the Browns, where while ownership says maybe you know, they're going to be okay with whatever the league decides. I have a sneaky suspicion they won't be. <laughs> and some of the latest injury news, some big injuries, some players lost for the season. All the news going on in the NFL coming up on today's Peacock and Williams. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt back at Latrobe PA at Steelers training camp, but we're not talking Steelers today. We are talking about uh, the Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams. Let's start there. There's a tons of stories around the league. We haven't really gotten into the, the latest news recently. We've been looking into all the divisions and, and players to watch in the preseason games. They're going to get going real soon here. We'll have some more thoughts on those preseason games to end the week on Friday's show. But on this Wednesday, uh, an extension for Sean McVay, which is well-deserved. And you win a Super Bowl,
1: you get a whole bunch of money, right? Absolutely. Uh, He is 55 and 26 as the Rams head coach. And that's an excellent record, of course. But remember, he didn't take over a powerhouse. He built a powerhouse. You know, I mean, so they, they, they did it in a very unorthodox manner, of course. I mean, they haven't made a first round pick since Jared Goff, but they're the champs. You know, I mean, nothing else matters if you're the champs in terms of how you got there or how you're set up in the future. I still think they're a powerhouse this year. And how many more coaches would you put over McVeigh? three, four, you know, especially when you factor in age.
0: Sean McVeigh hasn't made a first round pick.
1: Cause he got hired. That in is correct. Right. 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 2016
0: yep. was the year before and, uh, the eight and eight BS with, with Jeff Fisher before that. Right. Or the seven <laughs> and nine BS. What was yeah, it? exactly. Exactly. Uh, so they were toiling in mediocrity until John McVeigh showed up and, uh, yeah, he's absolutely injected some life into that organization. And, uh, they brought home a ring last year. There's still some questions about the, the arm health of their quarterback, which could be a problem going into the year, but still one of the favorites. And, yeah, obviously a well-deserved – I haven't seen the actual numbers. No, um, I haven't either. It's just there's an extension announced, and usually when an extension's announced, the 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 agent of, of said player or coach can't wait to put out the biggest number possible out there to, to show people what they did for their client. But I haven't seen that yet. So I just know that he's been extended, and it'll be a lot of money probably – Probably most the highest-paid coach in the league, basically, right? I That's feel like what I thought, yeah. We're we're seeing that now with coaches and uh, and and players alike. If you're good enough to get that next deal, you're good enough to be paid at the top of the market for your position group or coaching group, basically, is what we're seeing in the NFL these days.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I didn't realize he had not made a first-round pick. I find that funny. Um, so was it July 9th or June 10th that was Jeff Fisher Day? seven and nine, right. seven and 10. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was seven and nine, July. Yeah. 9th, I think July 9th. Yeah. 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 Very, Fisher. very funny. Absolutely.
0: And so, one of the things ahead. that we've seen with a lot of coaches is every off season, a lot of the big name coaches, guys that are successful, Sean McVay uh, coaches and GMs, there's, you know, meetings with, with networks that are trying to steal away talent. And so I think that's another thing that the, the teams have to do is they have to pay their coaches in a way that they don't want to go get a cushier job that, can pay them as much or more money and a lot less work to work broadcasting games instead of coaching games.
1: Yeah. It, it, good point. So it just so happens. And I don't think I'm divulging any secrets here that Danny Smith is the Steelers special teams coach and great guy. I mean, he, he uh, we've had a beverage or two here and there. And the other night we were just sitting at the local watering hole with a bunch of people. And, and Danny was telling stories about Sean McVay. And I didn't know they knew each other. And I didn't know this extension was coming. But what Danny said was, hey, I'm a lot older than Sean. I've been doing this 20, 30 years longer than him. But him, he and I roomed together on the road when we were coaches with Washington and just raved about him as a human being, as a savant, all the things you hear through the media You know, intelligence as an offensive mind, leader, energy, and of course they're friends, but he had nothing bad to say about him, totally unprovoked, just kind of talking McVay. So just reassured me that this is the creme de la creme of, of young coaches in the league right now.
0: Yeah, and I love the, there's that. Uh, Lefko, Adam Lefko had an interview with mm-hmm. with uh, Sean McVay on the field a couple of years ago now, and was asking him about plays and that happened in the past, and he would go back five six years. He went back to when uh, McVay was coach. Went back to Washington. It was the you like that game from uh, from when uh, both Cousins. McVay and Cousins were in Washington, and, and Shanahan right was also was Shanahan well Mike yep, Shanahan yeah yeah
1: yeah I think all the Shanahans were there yeah, yeah.
0: and the uh you know no kyle wasn't there because kyle only had rookie year okay rookie rg3 rookie
1: i think and then did he go to atlanta i mean obviously mcveigh and the shanahans are very closely related
0: yeah but anyway um Okay. The yeah. the the moral of the story is there. He's asking McVeigh all these about these plays, and McVeigh remembers every single thing about the play. He remembers the play call. He remembers what the offense was lined up, the defense was lined up. You know who did what. It is pretty amazing to see him rattle it off like that quickly and have that you know that that insane recall of plays, a single play that happened in years past. It's it's pretty amazing.
1: So I, I hesitate to bring this up, but in my high school days and maybe into college. I recall different parties or events by, oh yeah, we were drinking Michelob Light that night, or oh that was the Heineken night. Remember we got Mickey's Big Mouth that night? You know, like, my buddies used to laugh at me like you don't know anything. You can't remember what we did yesterday or what you had for breakfast. But two months ago when we were at the Pirate Game, you're like, oh yeah, we drank Ice Light that night, and you're right, you know.
0: <laughs> you, the few, so of all, you like, yeah, I can remember. Very what, similar to McKay, right? What lubricated the evening for us? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Hopefully, uh, that quiet, yeah. hopefully Matt Williamson gets the next big extension here with the locked on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your deal.
1: I went to Super Bowl first.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, how about the comments from Roger Goodell about the Deshaun Watson situation? And basically, what what Goodell said is going through Judge Robinson's ruling the punishment didn't fit the crime essentially and i think that's what a lot of people are saying and uh that there was quote multiple violations and we've seen the evidence she was very clear about the evidence she reinforced the evidence predatory behavior egregious all these things and it's funny because when you read through judge robinson's ruling and it sounds like man this is terrible and there's enough evidence for a suspension you know maybe not in the court of law to be convicted and they you know all that I know but there's enough there to be like yeah this is definitely against the the league's conduct policy and there's you know and and it's it's egregious and then yeah, it goes, but, and then it's like, and the suspension is six games. And it's like wait, six games it sounded like it was going to be a lot worse. And that's, I think where we're at with this is it's, it's a new precedent that's going to be set. And uh, I'd be shocked at this point, listening to Goodell. And he's not the one that's, that's actually going to do this either. So he's trying to, he's trying to take himself away from making these decisions, but he still wants the decision to be the one he would have made is kind of what's going on with Roger Goodell in <laughs> the league. But it sounds like it's going to be a year. Like it's going to be a year.
1: So, I, you know, it's like medical stuff. I don't like talking about lawyer and law stuff because I don't know much about it. I know about football. I know about podcasting. I don't know about, you know, the knees and Achilles and law stuff. You know, I didn't go to law school, but, and I'm Watson to death. I mean, I'm sick of talking about this to no end, but we have to. And here's what I've kind of deciphered is listening to some people that are have a law background and understand where judge Sue Robinson was at. They kind of said her hands were sort of tied because people that understand the law say, well, if you committed five murders, I'm going to give you the same sentence as the last guy that gave five murders, or, you know, like there's people use precedent in the law. That's a word I kept hearing where the NFL is kind of terrible about precedent. You know, they've had a lot of bad boys over the years, but sometimes they get two games. Sometimes they get suspended for the year. Ridley gets a year for betting $1,500, but he didn't really hurt anybody. You know, like there's, it's kind of, there's not a great record of, well, if you do this, you get this. So she was kind of hamstrung a little bit from what I understand and just kind of went with the precedent of six games, but basically said there's more smoke here than I'm able to really convict him of, you know, I'm not even sure that those are the right words. And then Roger steps in and basically says, well, I'm not going to, oversee this hearing someone else is going to do it but he says things like predatory behavior and egregious and you know all these types of things you can't tell me roger does not have a massive influence on how this goes down and therefore the owners through roger and there's a new owner in denver by the way congratulations to them um i think when it's all said and done this will be a year a minimum of 12.
0: I agree. I'm right there Mm -hmm. with you. It's what the league wants. It's what everyone wants, except for Deshaun Watson and the Players Association, I think, too. And I I think the Players Association has to fight for the player. And in some cases, maybe they don't want to. But that's what they're there for. And and they're going to do it. So we'll see if it goes to court beyond that as well. And uh, so I don't think it's going to be over. And even when the next ruling happens, I don't know if it's still going to be over. And we'll see what happens with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. Um, Yeah, the... And the, uh, the the ownership transfer is official now. And Rob Walton, part of the Walton-Penner group, I believe it's, it is, is now the new owners of the Denver Broncos. We'll see how that goes for Denver. Tons of news around the NFL, some injury news. And just in the last couple minutes since we've started recording that, we've got some good news, actually, about oh. the year's center situation. Makai Becton, Jakeem Grant out for the year. And who's the starting quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks? All that more coming up next Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many lines they already have for the NFL season. They've got weekly game lines all the way through week 16 already. Tons of prop bets, uh, Super Bowl futures, coach of the year player of the year which coach is going to get fired first you can find all of that at bet online find news and reviews of every league as well not just the NFL Major League Baseball NBA NHL combat sports eSports even golf live in-game betting which is always fun bet online continues to be the top online resource for not just sports wagering but information as well and scores they have you covered so get over to the website today betonline.net use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts thanks again everybody for making peacock and Williamson your first listen for your second listen check out everything else going on, on the locked on podcast network locked on NFL YouTube channel subscribe there because that is the home on YouTube of the peacock and Williamson NFL show as long as long as, as well as locked on NFL and tons of other great content
1: BP two little things from the last segment I just wanted to carry over quickly okay. and we've talked about both these things before first of all the Denver ownership change. It's for gobs and gobs of money. To me that's how I judge the health of the league is what the franchises go for and every time it's better than ever. So I think the health of the NFL is just fine. I think they're thriving.
0: Oh absolutely. It was 4.5 billion? 4.65 billion, which is the most that any franchise has ever been purchased right. for. I mean it's insane how valuable the NFL is and, and business is absolutely good
1: yes 100%. And, we're
0: see, and we're gonna see the players start getting paid a lot more too with the, with oh, the skyrocketing okay. and recovering salary cap post-pandemic going up big next year going up big the following year so back-to-back years so um yeah sign your players now before this new free agent period that's what I would recommend. exactly
1: you're like <laughs> Mahomes's contract that we used to lose our mind over is yeah. going to be chump change or
0: should, like- should I
1: give Terry McLaurin 20 million He's bought a franchise for $4.6 billion. I think you can manage to give your talent a little bit of bucks. You know, like things are fine in the league right now. And we've talked this to death, but just back to the Watson Brown situation, I assume the Browns at this point are going to get Brissett ready for week one like crazy. Gold, that's, that's got to be the goal, not giving Watson a ton of reps and really get Brissett ready. But if this comes out as a year, and we've brought this up, I want Jimmy then. You know, like if it's eight games, 12 games, 10 games, I can't have Jimmy Brissett and Watson all in the room. You know, that's a disaster for me. But if I if it's a whole season, I am calling about Jimmy and I'm going to try to compete with a run game and a young defense. But the other thing is almost what's how you could hurt the Browns even more is if it were 12 games because then they can't bump yeah. his contract another year He's like a 45 or 55 million dollar cap hit next year. But if he doesn't play this year, they can still finagle the cap next year that it doesn't hurt so bad. So if you really want to hurt the Browns, give them 12, not the whole season.
0: Yeah, it makes it more awkward for them to try to figure out what to do and and, and could end up just being more of a lost season than if they brought in a quarterback for just one more year or at least more competition at quarterback for one more year. Although they like, you know, they have to be saying this, but. It sounds like they like Brissett enough to go with him for the sure. year. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. They they do have I just don't think they're
1: a contender with Brissett. I think they are with Watson.
0: I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So Robert Haynesy, who was the backup center, become the starting center after Ryan Jensen suffered a knee injury that would put him out for the year. And uh Hainsey had been looking good. They were they were happy with that situation with Hainzey as the starting center. He was carted off the field early in practice Wednesday. But now, just about 10 minutes ago, Matt, Jeff Darlington on Twitter said that he was carted off due to bad cramps and it's not looking like a leg injury. So that is good news. And so that really good news. just rest. And who knows maybe even if he misses preseason games and all the preseason games, it looks like, you know, not something's going to put him out for week one or anything like that. And maybe it's just a, a one day thing. So that is great news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because seeing him get carted off the field, their starting center and backup center, they might have had to go shopping on the uh, trade market to find somebody to, to plug in there at center if that was the case. And it's looking like good news for Robert Hainsey and the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I was prepared going into this because it had just happened that he got carted off when we right before we hit record to say, man, you know, too much upheaval in the interior of the Bucks O-line. You know, you have retirements, trades, draft picks, signings to the Bengals, injuries, you know, third string center sounds terrible. You know, backup center is a terrible thing as well. Uh, maybe the best center in the league was out for the year and Jensen. And I just kept thinking, I hope we don't have to have this conversation, but is this the year where the crap hits the fan for Brady and Gronk and the old guys, you know, like in can, can this formula, it, it last yet again, you know, especially if the interior line isn't strong. So this is good news. So we can maybe have that conversation another day or hopefully not, you know,
0: speaking of centers, Jason Kelsey. 35-year-old center for the Philadelphia Eagles has been so important to that offensive line for a long time. He had uh, some elbow discomfort, tried to play through it, and it looks like he had a uh, elbow surgery, a routine clean-out is what they called clean it, out. and they still think it was the right way to go, and he'll be a quick recovery, could be back by week one. They're still not exactly sure, but uh, the you know the – the Eagles were much more prepared for something like this than the Bucs were because they just drafted a second-round center in Cam Juergens, who by all reports has had a pretty good camp aside from one viral clip where he got pushed back and couldn't anchor <laughs> against Jordan Davis, which is expected. But as Jordan Davis said, he's like, I hate seeing that clip all the time because Cam Juergens has me on one-on-ones in, in camp too. It just wasn't you know, of the viral nature. So Cam Jurgens might end up being the starter sooner than we thought there with Philadelphia. But it doesn't look like something's going to hold out Kelsey for very long.
1: Yeah, I don't think getting walked back by Davis is going to be an exclusive club in the next year or two. It's already happened. I just, uh, <laughs>
0: there's there's group practices going on with, the, I believe it's the Packers and the and the Eagles, and, and Jordan Davis is doing the same to the other guys. So oh, it's, sure. it's it's something he's going to do in his career, yes. Um, so
1: this doesn't sound like a huge deal with Kelsey, and I'm not going to overreact to it, but at his age and then this offseason, he publicly said – I'm thinking about retirement, you know, last minute type thing. I'll come back, you know, I'm going to give it one more shot. I like this team still playing well, but, you know, you don't like seeing this for a, situ- or a guy in that situation. They did take a replacement, but that's for next year. You know, I mean, they don't want to throw Juergens into the mix, but as usual, the Eagles reinforce their offensive line as they often do. And Dickerson could play center and pinch too as well. So they'll be fine. I'm just worried about Kelsey. Kelsey. What are we going to see from him this year? Is this going to be a bad year from Kelsey? It could be, you know?
0: Yeah, and the other thing is you have to be mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. If you're kind of halfway out and thinking, man, That's maybe it's yeah. and, and we've seen this before. I think we kind of saw it last year with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. It wasn't a great year for Wilson and the Seahawks because he's kind of out the door already. Allen
1: Robinson in Chicago or, you yeah, know, a lot right. of Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. That's
0: like another good one, which is why I'm so bullish. Even though it was a bad year for Robinson, it is a bad situation. I think he can go off in that Rams offense as long as – uh, Matthew Stafford's healthy, but something, you know, someone like on the offensive line, you can't take reps off, you know, and and I, I think Kelsey's wired in a certain way where he wouldn't be on the field if he wasn't ready to go, but you know, you, you do start to worry about that kind of thing. One year deal, $14 million he's getting paid, so nice little farewell farewell tour for Kelsey. Hopefully he does um, get healthy for that, but they do have a backup plan in Cam Jerkins. That's not the case. Um, another big injury on an offensive line in the NFL is Makai Becton. We'll get to his knee problem. We'll talk about the season ending early for Jakeem Grant as well in just a bit. Uh, I do want to remind everybody about the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast, though, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I love when you make Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Now, make Locked On Fantasy your second listen. Find the intellectual Fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who's been bringing over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for those fantasy drafts with Locked On Fantasy Football. And if you're in those dynasty leagues, check out Matt Williamson on the Locked On Dynasty podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Makai Becton is it a cracked kneecap as it sounds terrible um it's a right knee injury yeah he fractured his right kneecap during Monday's practice at training camp uh the the team thinks it's going to be something that i think what is the quote here from yeah the quote is we love makai his ride is not over robert solis said his story is not over so I don't know if that means long-term we will be back next year. I, I think that crack kneecap sounds like he's not going to play this year, right? Like, no, right. And, and he had, a, he's already not the left tackle anymore. Moved over to right tackle. George Fant is in there at left tackle, and he's just had such an up and down career, and you see the moments where it's like, wow, this guy could be really good in franchise tackle, and it just hasn't gone that way and a tons of injuries. And you just this is how it goes with some players. They just can't stay on the field, can't stay healthy. And uh you're hoping it's not the case, but it might be the case with Makai Beck and another big injury for him. And um the 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 Jets have, have put so many resources into the offensive line, and now they still have a big question mark at right tackle.
1: Yeah, and I find it ominous that Salah would even go down that road. I mean, I don't know what the question asked of him was, but you know, this is a young man that looked like to have as bright a future as any tackle in the league, like Tristan Wirf's like, you know, type of prospect coming in after his rookie year, and nothing's gone right since. Whether it's his doing or their doing, getting overweight, getting himself in the doghouse, injury, and then another one. Does one contribute to the other? If he had to take care of himself better this offseason, does he, I don't know. You know, I, frankly, I feel bad for him that there's a bad turn of events here. I feel bad for the Jets that they thought they had their left tackle; they'd already moved him to the right side, as you said. There've been trade rumors. Like nothing we've heard about Makai Becton in the last eighteen months has been good. You know, that's it's hard to overcome to come back from those things.
0: Absolutely. So Makai Becton, unfortunately, out for the year, broken kneecap. And Jakeem Grant tore his Achilles at practice Wednesday, and he's going to be done for the year now after signing a a free agent contract with the Cleveland Browns. So the Browns, man, uh, the the Browns just keep getting a lot of bad news over the course of the last, um, you know, some of it self-inflicted. But, um, yeah, bad news for the Browns. Just bad mojo heading into the year.
1: Yeah, not so good. (laughs)
0: He wasn't gonna be, you know, Jakeen Grant wasn't gonna be a big part of the offense or anything. He's no, but I like him. and you know, he can make some plays on offense and and, and get you know gadgeted in there. And um, he's a fun player, and always I, I, I always like to root for the little guys that are you know sort of play, playing above their weight away uh the Steelers have another guy he's like the next Jakeem Grant although I think he might be better than Jakeem Grant especially on offense uh in Calvin Austin and uh, I have heard some good things out of camp and I know you said you look like you shot out of a cannon with mm-hmm. uh, running routes and, and carrying the ball out there but um I'm always rooting for the little guys
1: I, I'm a great believer I think he's one of the best returners in the last decade or so uh good after the catch I mean obviously you have Waddle and Tyreek, and he's not going to get in their way offensively. But he was always a guy I liked in that role of throw that bubble screen to Waddle, you know, throw that bubble screen to Grant, and he gets eight when most guys would have got five, you know, and, and use him sparingly here and there. Big play guy, special teamer, of course. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the news this time of year is going to be similar type things, and these coaches and roster builders have to plan accordingly. You know, got to go find. We invested in a returner. We thought we had that set up and poof, it's gone. You know,
0: looks like Geno Smith is is kind of, I don't know if he's weighing the job or Drew Locke just never really took it from him because he was the incumbent backup that, that you know, knew the offense and was going to take the first reps in spring practices and OTAs. That wouldn't be a surprise when they traded Russell Wilson and brought in Drew Locke in that trade. And Drew Locke has never leaped it. Like he says, Geno Smith and Geno Smith is still going to start. So I think Drew Locke is running out of time. And judging by reports from our guy, Corbin Smith, when we talked to him about the uh, the Seattle Seahawks this offseason and all other reports coming out of Seattle, I don't think that Drew Locke is going to jump Geno Smith. Geno Smith, it's announced, will start the first preseason game. And it looks like Geno Smith is going to roll out there as the starter. Uh, you know, he's a veteran quarterback. Uh, we've talked a lot about how it, it doesn't look good on paper for the Seattle Seahawks. Could they're potentially, are we selling Geno Smith short is my question, I guess.
1: I don't think he's terrible. I mean, if we were to do Sando quarterback tiers or quarterback rankings, I bet I'd have Gino 42nd, you know, like top third of true backups can, he didn't play terrible in a short stretch last year. But like Brissett, after a while, the tape is just exposes the weaknesses that he's never been able to overcome in his career. You know that he's limited. He, yeah, he has some good drives, some good games. But when it's a bigger sample size, he comes back to earth, and every defense knows what those weaknesses are, whatever they might be. Um, this is maybe this is recency bias by me, but I don't remember on August 10th of any year looking at a team and saying they're worse a quarterback than Seattle is right now. I mean, usually at least there's a young guy that you have hoped for, or a Ryan Fitzpatrick that at least has been around the league or somebody that you could say, well, he might be good enough. You know, I I don't see that at all in Seattle. Um, Side note, their preseason game happens to be here in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. I'll be there. um, And then, I always wanted to mention this to you. One of my least favorite responsibilities with the Steelers all year is I now, or I guess I've done this for like 10 years. I am the post-game, preseason game radio host. Two hours of getting calls from... John from Blonox telling me that the third string running back's better than Najee. Or why is it Kenny from Pitt playing every down? You know, like, and then you leave the stadium at like 2 in the morning. It's brutal, dude. It's three times a year. It,
0: I, I can see how that would be brutal, but you have to wear it as a badge of honor, Matt, because they trust you to know. The guy fifty three through ninety on the roster, you know, it's right, I mean? right, right. important, and, and that's a talent you have, you know, um, <laughs> it, you have a talent of knowing uh, the less the last man on the roster and what cheap domestic beers you drink at a party. <laughs> that, that, that is, <laughs> right, right. Those are things you can't teach, all right, Matt. So, uh, so you should wear that as a badge of honor. I just looked at the Mike Sando tears, by the way, where every year for the athletic he interviews. Um, coaches and and executives in the league, and they and they rank quarterbacks by tier. So actually, it's funny because neither none of the Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks rank among the top thirty two quarterbacks in the NFL. Right? Uh, when probably not too much of a surprise. They're they're close. So and they're actually back to back. So Drew Locke was ranked thirty four. Geno Smith was ranked thirty five. And Drew Locke was the last player in tier four. Geno Smith, the top player in tier five. So basically, tier five is this is a backup. Yeah. quarterback. Tier four is you probably don't want this guy starting seventeen games, but maybe he's a dirty starter in some circumstances, or he just hasn't played enough to that you believe in him. You know, all the all the second year quarterbacks are in this fourth tier. So Mitch Trubisky's right above him at number thirty three. But the but the Steelers have a first round quarterback that they're hopeful for right, in the future, right. and the, the Seahawks don't have that. So yeah, that, that paints the picture. And Jimmy Garoppolo is ranked sixteen on this list. And, you know, he's a, he's a clear tier or two above these guys. And so I I wonder if that might end up being their starting quarterback. And, and I wonder if some other teams around the league, because we've never seen this much talent in the NFL at quarterback. There's a ton of quarterbacks that you could argue starting caliber. So there's almost no excuse for not having a quarterback that at least has future value or current value and the Seahawks have needed.
1: Right. I I, a hundred percent agree that it's, at least the Steelers, the Panthers, the Falcons have hope of, you know, a young guy or something along those lines, you know? So, I mean, I just look at this and think, has this really been the plan all along? I mean, do do they think this is the plan that there, is that truly a tank and we're going to end up with a top five pick and get one of these quarterbacks and that's really the plan or are they gonna wait everybody out and end up with Jimmy? Jimmy's come up now twice in this conversation, and he often does when we talk on here. But um at this point, again, it's August 10th. Whoever Jimmy ends up with, he's gonna really have to swim upstream to get ready for game one or even you know game four or five or whatever.
0: Luckily for Jimmy, half the teams in the league now are like Shanahan, McVay tree coaches. True. true. So determine all, like if he goes to uh to Cleveland, you know, Kubiak, Shanahan tree coach, there, Stefanski, you know, terminology should probably not be that difficult. Now, if he goes to, and, and he's worked in the Patriots scheme as well, which is in a lot of places. So there are some teams that it might be easier than others for Jimmy G, but if he goes to a foreign system, he's never known. Yeah, that's hard. He needs to be in camp right now, getting ready to play at least one preseason, uh, you know, half or quarter of football to get ready for the, for the year. So that, that is going to be tough for any team. If they wanted to bring in someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. And I wonder if, It doesn't seem like right now any team is is really wanting to do that. So it's fascinating. But we saw how someone could tear their Achilles or break their right kneecap. And uh, Jameis Winston went down with an ankle. It looks like a pretty minor, you know, turned ankle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't seen the exact prognosis, but they're not super worried about it. But there could be an injury. And all of a sudden, now there's games coming up. They haven't even played games
1: yet. Right. Yeah. Someone's going to get hit and hurt this weekend. And, you know, so there'll be a market for them. I, I just, I bring that up because I've really you know, been here to Steeler camp and watching Pickett and Trubisky, it, 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 they've looked a little lost and they get better and better and better. But you just notice even little things like I can throw this ball high to George Pickens, but I can't to Deontay or whatever. Like just knowing your receivers and boy, Calvin Austin's even faster than I thought. I, I, I can put a lot of air under this thing and just let him separate. Like, those things take a little time, just knowing who you're throwing to and their tendencies and likes and dislikes.
0: Yeah, and I think about what they, the Browns said about their quarterback situation and needing an adult in the room, according to reports. And there, there's something to be said about just being a pro, you right. know, in, from Tuesday to Saturday and, and what you're doing in the line of scrimmage pre-snap, you might get a team into the right play and it might be a run play, you know? So it's hard when you watch tape and you see a quarterback and you wonder why some of these, you know, journeyman backup quarterbacks keep getting jobs and teams want them around because there's something they bring that's valuable to your team. And Very- you can that they're going to get you into the right play, that they know what's going on, that they can break a huddle, that the team will rally behind them, even if they're an imperfect quarterback and an imperfect passer. And so when you and I are you know, watching games on Sunday or, or re-watching film later, just seeing what throws they make and their physical arm talent doesn't tell the whole story about a quarterback. And I think that's really the big thing that that is glaring about quarterbacks that don't play well in the NFL that teams can't win with is it's not about the arm connected to their shoulder. It's about the head connected to their neck.
1: Very well said. And it's not an accident that Reich, Garrett, Peterson, Leftwich all go on to be very successful coaches or Josh McCown or Matt Schaub are in the league five years longer than they can play. And even if you're paying that guy four or five, six million dollars a year, the fact that if that guy can be your quarterback coach slash offensive coordinators translator to young quarterback, you know, the, the 20, the 50 year old, to 22 year old, you know, dictionary, you know, translator that's gold. You know, it, 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 you don't want am seeing the field. You don't want Matt Schaub out there. He can't throw and he couldn't throw five years ago, but if he can teach the next guy to be a star, how to be a professional adult in the room that, that that's gold.
0: Right. And if he's forced into action, even if he's imperfect, can he run your offense? Can he get you in and out of he the absolutely huddle? can. Right. a total disaster. So yeah, it's, it's pretty important. Um, all right. Good stuff. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I, I don't feel terrible about them being doomed this year as it seems, but I, I have a feeling, you know, they're, they're not going to be as bad. And, uh, it's, I always think back to the sample size of the NFL and you know, watching the watching the Major League Baseball season, and there's 10 times more games in Major League Baseball. The mm-hmm. very worst teams win 40% of their games. The very best teams win 60% of their games. That's not a big gap, right? In right. the NFL, a small sample, if you went back and look at 16, 17 games in an NFL season, there might be a team that rattles off 15 wins. There might be a team that loses 14. But over the long haul, now you can't have 160-game NFL season because the players would be dead. But you uh, you just know it's a small sample league, and I think the bad teams are better than we realize in a lot of cases, and the best teams are worse than they realize. If you kept playing games over and over, if you replayed the playoffs from last year, it would be a different outcome every single time.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Small sample ah. in the NFL, which is why you can't screw up because you only get one shot each week.
1: Uh, we need to wrap this up, but that, that brings me to one thing I've been meaning to bring up a lot. Is everyone knows I'm a big fan of Football Outsiders and what they do and their their almanac. I couldn't recommend you know, recommend anymore. But I was listening there and shots the other day, the founder of Football Outsiders, and he said, "I've never had a year where we do our projections, you know, our projected win totals, nine point seven wins, you know, six point four wins, whatever." He said. This year, since the beginning of Football Outsiders, everyone is close and bundled up more than they've been any other season. You know, whoever the highest win total is, isn't at 13, it's at like 10. Whoever the lowest one, it's not at two, it's at like seven. And he realizes not everyone's going to win seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games. Someone's going someone's gonna to win 14 and bad things happen. But he said it, just the way that they do the metric and the, their math, has really bunched the league together more than people should, than it ever has. And that adds up to me.
0: Yeah, it feels that way for me as well. And part of mean, As might good be. as a
1: Ransler, I didn't look at them as they're the powerhouse that we've never seen right. before. They were good, you know, right. take mm-hmm. the Bengals. Yeah.
0: Fantastic stuff. Matt and I back tomorrow. We're going to start previewing the week. Actually, we, we will have a game to maybe break down. And uh, I, I know it's the bane of your existence, Matt, but I don't think we're going to be talking about fourth quarter preseason week one football well there might be some (laughs) things interesting in the first half to talk about for those thursday games on friday's show and and the things we'll be looking for for the friday saturday sunday slate of games when we come back monday we'll be able to break down uh, the the important things that did happen over the weekend and there will be some important things that happened even though we are into preseason football but we are into football and i'm excited for it matt and i will take you through it all and back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson